Chapter Nine of Daniel Boone by Reuben Goldthwaites. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by William Tomko. Daniel Boone by Reuben Goldthwaites. Chapter Nine, The Settlement of Kentucky. Kentucky had so long been spasmodically occupied and battled over by Shawnees, Iroquois, and Cherokees that it cannot be said that any of them had well-defined rights over its soil. Not until white men appeared anxious to settle there did the tribes begin to assert their respective claims in the hope of gaining presence at the treaties whereat they were asked to make sessions. The whites, on their part, when negotiating for purchases, were well aware of the shadowy character of these claims, but, when armed with a signed deed of cession, they had something tangible upon which thenceforth to base their own claims of proprietorship. There was therefore much insincerity upon both sides. It is well to understand this situation in studying the history of Kentucky settlement. Colonel Richard Henderson was one of the principal judges in North Carolina a scholarly talented man eminent in the legal profession although but thirty-nine years of age he wielded much influence knowing and respecting daniel boone henderson was much impressed by the former's enthusiastic reports concerning the soil climate and scenery of kentucky and acting solely upon this information resolved to establish a colony in that attractive country he associated with himself three brothers nathaniel david and thomas hart the last named of whom in later life wrote that he had known boone of old when poverty and distress held him fast by the hand and in those wretched circumstances he had ever found him a noble and generous soul despising everything mean their proposed colony was styled transylvania and the association of proprietors the transylvania company it will be remembered that in the treaty of fort stanwix seventeen sixty eight the iroquois of new york had ceded to the english crown their pretensions to lands lying between the ohio and the tennessee the transylvania company however applied to the cherokees because this was the tribe commanding the path from virginia and the carolinas to kentucky in march seventeen seventy five a great council was held at sycamore shoals on the watauga river between the company and twelve hundred cherokees who had been brought in for the purpose by boone for fifty thousand dollars worth of cloths clothing utensils ornaments and firearms the indians ceded to henderson and his partners an immense grant including all the country lying between the kentucky and cumberland rivers also a path of approach from the east through powell's valley at this council were some of the most prominent cherokee chiefs and southwestern frontiersmen when the goods came to be distributed among the indians it was found that although they filled a large cabin and looked very tempting in bulk there was but little for each warrior and great dissatisfaction arose one cherokee whose portion was a shirt declared that in one day upon this land he could have killed deer enough to buy such a garment to surrender his hunting ground for this trifle naturally seemed to him a bad bargain for the safety of the pioneers the chiefs could give no guarantee they warned boone who appears to have acted as spokesman for the company that a black cloud hung over this land war-paths crossed it from north to south and settlers would surely get killed for such results the cherokees must not be held responsible this was not promising 
neither was the news now received that governors martin of north carolina and dunmore of virginia had both of them issued proclamations against the great purchase the former had called henderson and his partners an infamous company of land pirates and they were notified that this movement was in violation of the king's proclamation of seventeen sixty three forbidding western settlements the company relying upon popular sympathy and their great distance from tidewater seats of government proceeded without regard to these proclamations boone at the head of a party of about thirty enlisted men some of them the best backwoodsmen in the country was sent ahead to mark a path through the forest to kentucky river and there establish a capital for the new colony they encountered many difficulties especially when travelling through cane brakes and brush and once while asleep were attacked by indians who killed a negro servant and wounded two of the party boone won hearty commendation for his skill and courage throughout the expedition which finally arrived at its destination on the sixth of april this was big lick on kentucky river just below the mouth of otter creek here it was decided to build a town to be called boonesboro to serve as the capital of transylvania the site was a plain on the south side of the river wherein was a lick with sulphur springs strongly impregnated to felix walker one of the pioneers we are indebted for the details of this notable colonizing expedition set forth in a narrative which is still preserved on entering the plain he writes we were permitted to view a very interesting and romantic sight a number of buffaloes of all sizes supposed to be between two and three hundred made off from the lick in every direction some running some walking others loping slowly and carelessly with young calves playing skipping and bounding through the plain such a sight some of us never saw before nor perhaps ever may again a fort was commenced and a few cabins strung along the river bank but it was long before the stronghold was completed for now that the journey was at an end boone's men had become callous to danger meanwhile henderson was proceeding slowly from the settlements with thirty men and several wagons loaded with goods and tools delayed from many causes they at last felt obliged to leave the encumbering wagons in powell's valley pushing forward they were almost daily met by parties of men and boys returning home from kentucky bearing vague reports of indian forays this resulted in henderson losing many of his own followers from desertion arriving at boonesboro on the twentieth of april the relief party was saluted by a running fire of about twenty-five guns some of boone's men had in the general's uneasiness also deserted and others had scattered throughout the woods hunting exploring or surveying on their own account the method of surveying then in vogue upon the western frontier was of the crudest although it must be acknowledged that any system more formal might at that stage of our country's growth have prevented rapid settlement each settler or land speculator was practically his own surveyor with a compass and a chain a few hours work would suffice to mark the boundaries of a thousand acre tract there were as yet no adequate maps of the country and claims overlapped each other in the most bewildering manner a speculator who ran out a hundred thousand acres might without knowing it include in his domain a half dozen claims previously surveyed by modest settlers who wanted but a hundred acres each a man who paid the land office fees might patent any land he pleased and have it recorded 
the colony, and later the state, only guaranteeing such entries as covered land not already patented. This overlapping, conscious or unconscious, at last became so perplexing that thousands of vexatious lawsuits followed, some of which are still unsettled, and even today in Kentucky there are lands whose ownership is actually unknown, which pay no taxes and support only squatters who cannot be turned out possibly some of it lying between patented tracts by chance has never been entered at all nobody can now say thus it was that we find our friend daniel boone quickly transformed from a wilderness hunter into a frontier surveyor before henderson's arrival he had laid off the town site into lots of two acres each these were now drawn at a public lottery while those who wished larger tracts within the neighborhood were able to obtain them by promising to plant a crop of corn and pay to the transylvania company a quit rent of two english shillings for each hundred acres there were now four settlements in the transylvania grant boonesborough harrodsburg fifty miles west with about a hundred men boiling spring some six or seven miles from harrodsburg and st asaph the crown lands to the north and east of the kentucky obtained by the fort stanwix treaty contained two small settlements forty miles north of boonesboro was higginson's later known as ruddle's station where were about nineteen persons lower down the kentucky also on the north side was willis lee settlement near the present frankfort and ranging at will through the crown lands were several small parties of land jobbers surveyors and explorers laying off the claims of militia officers who had fought in the indian wars and here and there building cabins to indicate possession henderson had no sooner arrived than he prepared for a convention at which the people should adopt a form of government for the colony and elect officers this was held at boonesboro in the open air under a gigantic elm during the week commencing tuesday the twenty third of may there were eighteen delegates representing each of the four settlements south of the kentucky among them were daniel and squire boone the former of whom proposed laws for the preservation of game and for improving the breed of horses to the latter fell the presentation of rules for preserving the cattle ranges the compact finally agreed upon between the colonists and the proprietors declared the powers of the one and the liberties of the others and was the earliest form of government in the region west of the alleghanies it provided for perfect religious freedom and general toleration militia and judicial systems and complete liberty on the part of the settlers to conduct colonial affairs according to their needs this liberal and well-digested plan appeared to please both henderson and the settlers but the opposition of the governors the objections raised by the assembly of virginia of which kentucky was then a part and finally the outbreak of the revolution which put an end to proprietary governments in america caused the downfall of the transylvania company the boonesboro legislative convention met but once more in december to elect a surveyor-general the may meeting had no sooner adjourned than transylvania began again to lose its population few of the pioneers who had come out with boone and henderson or had since wandered into the district were genuine home seekers many appear to have been mere adventurers out for the excitement of the expedition and to satisfy their curiosity who either returned home or wandered farther into the woods to seek fresh experiences of wild life others had deliberately 
intended first to stake out claims in the neighborhood of the new settlements and then return home to look after their crops and perhaps move to kentucky in the autumn others there were who far removed from their families proved restless while many became uneasy because of indian outrages reports of which soon began to be circulated henderson wrote cheerful letters to his partners at home describing the country as a paradise but by the end of june when boone returned to the east for salt harrodsburg and boiling spring were almost deserted while boonesborough could muster but ten or twelve guns as men or boys capable of fighting indians were called in the militia rolls the infant colony of kentucky had certainly reached a crisis in its career game was rapidly becoming more scarce largely because of careless inexperienced hunters who wounded more than they killed and killed more than was needed for food the frightened buffaloes had now receded so far west that they were several days journey from boonesborough yet game was still the staff of life captain floyd the surveyor-general wrote to colonel preston i must hunt or starve as the summer wore away and crops in the eastern settlements were gathered there was a considerable increase in the population many men who in later days were to exert a powerful influence in kentucky now arrived george rogers clark the principal western hero of the revolution simon kenton famous throughout the border as hunter scout and indian fighter benjamin logan william whitley the lewises campbells christians prestons mcdowells mcafees height bowman randolph todd mcclellan benton patterson all of them names familiar in western history in the first week of september boone arrived with his wife and family and twenty young men twenty-one guns the report reads the squire and his family soon followed four bryans their brothers-in-law came at the head of thirty men from the yadkin and at the same time harrodsburg was reached by several other families who had like the boones come on horseback through cumberland gap and powell's valley this powerful reinforcement of pioneers most of whom proposed to stay had largely been attracted by henderson's advertisements in virginia newspapers offering terms of settlement on transylvania lands any person said the announcement who will settle on and inhabit the same before the first day of june seventeen seventy six shall have the privilege of taking up and surveying for himself five hundred acres and for each tithable person he may carry with him and settle there two hundred and fifty acres on the payment of fifty shillings sterling per hundred subject to a yearly quit-rent of two shillings like money to commence in the year seventeen eighty toward the end of november henderson himself who had gone on a visit to carolina returned with forty men one of whom was colonel arthur campbell a prominent settler in the holston valley this increase of population which had been noticeable throughout the autumn and early winter received a sudden check however two days before christmas when the indians who had been friendly for several months past began again to annoy settlers several being either killed or carried into captivity this gave rise to a fresh panic in the course of which many fled to the east of the mountains during the year about five hundred persons from the frontiers of pennsylvania virginia and north carolina had visited and explored kentucky but now at the close of december the population of all the settlements did not aggregate over two hundred 
The recent outbreak had much to do with this situation of affairs, but there were other causes conspiring to disturb the minds of the people and postpone the growth of settlement. The clashing of interests between the Transylvania Company and the governors of Virginia and North Carolina, uncertainty as to the possibilities of a general Indian war, the threatened rupture between the colonies and the English crown, and the alarming scarcity of provisions and ammunition throughout Kentucky. Nevertheless, over 900 entries had been made in the Transylvania Land Office at Boonesboro, embracing 560,000 acres, and most of these tracts were waiting to be surveyed. 230 acres of corn had been successfully raised. Horses, hogs, and poultry had been introduced, and apple and peach trees had been started at several settlements. The germ of a colony was firmly planted. Laws had been made. The militia had been organized, civil and military officers had been commissioned, and, in the face of several slight Indian attacks, the savages had been repelled and the country maintained. Most promising of all, there were now twelve women in the country, all of them heads of families. The principal pioneers were nearly all of sturdy Scotch-Irish blood, men of sterling merit, intensely devoted to the cause of American liberty, and destined to contribute powerfully to its aid in the great war which had now begun, and concerning which messengers from over the mountains had during the year brought them scanty information. End of chapter 9 Recording by William Tomko